This is Matt Osborne. This is Pat King. My name is Martin Armstrong. This is Alex Craner. This is Franco Terrazano, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Uh, this is... I don't, I, I don't know what to say. I've had uh, Steph's number from Celesta, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, come through to me I don't know how many times today. So... I um I just kept calling and uh, I eventually got through to her by uh, by accident. She uh, went to swipe swipe it off and swiped it on. So then we sat and talked for a couple minutes, and then um, she started talking about GoFundMe. And I said, "Well, you know, would you like to come on and talk about it?" And so she gave me uh, a few minutes, which was um, you, you could tell she's in a in a in a poor service area. Um, but uh, we got cut off a couple different times. One of them was talking about, uh, you won't hear anything about roadblocks. She did say that roadblocks have been set up by the cops uh, in order to um, stop looting. And um, she said they didn't even have, uh, they had friends who saw they had spike strips on the Scotch Creek Bridge and friends of friends of her saw them. So if you were wondering about the roadblock portion of it and, and ever, and if you uh if you were wondering about the roadblock portion of the story, uh, she did make mention of that, but we were, um, the, the service was in and out. Um, either way, this, this is just a, uh, I don't know. Is this a, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I didn't think I was going to get a hold of her. Then I got a hold of her. And so I'm like, well, I guess I'm putting out a podcast immediately, uh, so that you guys can be updated on one of the wildfires in, um, in BC, North of Salmon Arm, BC. Uh, I was just, Honestly, I was just in Salmon Arm uh, last week, so uh, my heart goes out to all the families there that uh, well, you know that have been affected by um, by this fire. You're gonna hear all about it from Steph. She's the one who posted, you know. Um, uh, here, let me see if I can if I can find uh, uh, the story that I was sent. I'm sure that a, a lot of you have seen this, but it said. Uh, we need to get the story out about what's happening in the shoe swap. Can you, uh, can you guys please post this everywhere? Send it to everyone you know. Please help us. And then it went on. My name is Steph and my husband, Jorn, I hope I'm saying that right, and I own a home at the end of Metal uh, Creek Road in Celesta, B.C. The fire department and forestry lit a Blackburn uh, around 4 p.m. on Thursday, August 17th, knowing there were 30-kilometer winds coming. No news outlet is talking about this. My husband has been monitoring the winds and the Adams Creek fire for weeks. On Tuesday, August 5th, we knew the winds were coming. The fire was approximately 15 kilometers away from us. We didn't know. Um, we don't know who decided to light a backburn knowing the wind forecast. They lit a 14-kilometer backburn uh right to our back door and never notified us. My dad, who lives in Kelowna, knew about the knew of an out-of-control backburn before we did. They didn't even come to tell us. They notified the locals by posting it on a piece of paper at the gas station, and that's that's where it began. And I'm going to let uh, Steph tell the rest of the story. So uh, without further ado, here's here's Steph from Celesta, B.C., going to talk just a little bit of an update and then I posted the uh, uh, GoFundMe page in the show notes for anyone wanting to help support the families there. So uh, have a listen, folks. Uh, welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. I'm joined by Steph uh, out in BC. Steph, thanks for hopping on here for, uh, I don't know, an impromptu. I wasn't planning this, folks. And I highly doubt Steph was, she was telling me she wasn't going to answer the phone. So she answered and now here we are. So um, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, no problem. Um, I don't know. Uh, you, you got to tell me the story. Cause I, I mean, like I was telling you, I've, I've had, uh, your story sent to me probably, 
I don't know, all morning. It just won't stop. And I keep calling and, and we're chuckling about it before we started. So, um, whatever you want to say, whatever you want people to know, please, uh, pass along. Um, okay. So my husband and I live out in Salista at the end of a road down a valley called Meadow Creek. And we had been aware of the Adams Creek fire for as long as the Adams Creek fire was there because it's close to our house and we're aware of what fire and wind does. So my husband was monitoring winds for weeks and weeks. I don't even know how long. And then, um, he was just checking the winds out and he saw that there was supposed to be 30 kilometer winds in our direction. And so we told our boss that, uh, like our fat, my, my son and, and my mother-in-law stay at the house and we were away working. And so we told our boss that like, we needed to go home and just like get our family out and dogs out and prepare just in case. And, um, that was on, I think Tuesday. I don't even know. I can't even, I don't even know what day it is or how many days it's been. My timeline is so skewed. Um, yeah. So we went out, I got my, my kid and my mother-in-law out. I took my dog to a friend's place and then, um, I just went and got some supplies from work, some water packs and half particulate half, half masks and a generator and headed back out. And then on Thursday we were like just monitoring winds and watching and, um, putting sprinklers up and helping our neighbors kind of just like prepare for the whole thing, making sure we had generators and gas and food. We knew like, there's no, um, we're not on, on uh, public water there. So we knew we're not on public water. We don't have, us uh, sewage or anything everyone's on septic tanks and has their own wells and pump houses and we knew we were pretty much on our own i saw what happened in turtle valley and and knew that like nobody was coming to really help us so if it was if we were going to save our homes it was going to be on us our next door neighbor has firefighting experience and uh was kind of like guiding us and what to do and on Thursday, we thought we had like a whole day to prepare because the winds were supposed to come on Friday. And um, that's what we uh, were going back and forth. And we saw a big plume of smoke and we were all just kind of sitting there like wondering like what was going on. Like it wasn't very windy. And we thought like, Jesus, did this fire like travel? How did this fire like get to the valley because it was at least 12 to 15 kilometers away but just by my calculations on like google maps I, I i just did like a quick measurement and i was like okay well it's probably about that far away and then uh we were wondering what was going on uh and one of uh, our neighbors have a friend that lives over in anglemont and she sent a picture of the notice that they posted at the gas station and in the notice, it said that they were going to light a backburn um, to get rid of some of the fuel be be between the neighboring communities and the fire. Uh, and they knew that at 5 p.m. that night that the winds were going to do a 180 degree turn and go right into the communities. And I don't know what they thought that they were going to burn in two hours because they posted it at three and the winds were coming at five. And so they lit the back burn someplace in between there and then they burnt everything down. 
that's what happened. I, 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 I don't even know what to say at that point. I, I'm, I'm looking at, I just wanted to find out where Celeste is, right? Or Celesta, is it Celesta? Salista, yeah. Salista. So you're north of Salmon Arm. I'm, I'm just doing like I was like, okay, is this the same fire that ran into Kelowna? Because I no, had all my flights, different, fire. different, different fires fire. going on. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. You, you can tell this better than I ever can. Like a backburn, you know. I'm, I'm assuming that isn't like, you know, something you they don't do. I'm assuming from time to time they do a backburn to try and help prevent fire from, um, you know, escaping or, or being able to really wind up and way it goes. Um, but you like for all you of you, you only do a backburn under extremely favorable conditions, like no wind. Like that would be a favorable condition. You would, you would burn something without wind, but like they knew that there was 30 kilometer winds coming. Like I, 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 I'd like to say I get where they're coming from, but like, I don't, if I lit a campfire under a fire ban and it got away on me because there's 30 kilometer winds and it burnt down three communities, what would happen to me? Well, you, uh, I would, uh, I don't know, but you know, jail time <laughs> comes to mind uh, Steph. I don't know, you know, like, probably, uh, probably yeah, right? I'd have like, a whole lot of people pissed off at me. So what's, um, Sitting in that area, is that what's happened since then? Uh, you talk about three communities. Uh, what has happened since the backburn on the on on Friday, like or or when the wind finally gets there? Um, so uh, they so what happened is they lit that backburn, um, and then we found out about the backburn uh, through a piece of paper posted at a gas station that a friend of our neighbors sent. And then um, at 8.45 approximately, or about, I can't even remember the timeline now, about 7 o'clock, my husband was on top of my neighbor's roof putting up sprinklers, and he looked up and uh, said to my neighbor, like, oh, would you look at that? And it was like, there's like a small kind of hill um, before the ridge that the fire was like, that was sep there was a ridge there's like a small mountain or a small hill or whatever separating the fire from the valley that it had to come around and it was like literally coming around the corner by 8:45 the you could see the backburn just over the ridge and my husband and my neighbor like jumped off the roof we got dressed and i don't even remember the timeline from there the only reason i remember is cuz we have timestamp videos and by 12 o'clock it was in my neighbor's uh back field and we had gotten dressed and walked or driven down to the field. The fire department was there. So like, I thought we were all going to like kind of do this together. They were there. Um, they watched it come around the ridge. And then when it hit the valley, it, the fire, we created such like a humidity dome with their sprinklers that it split and went up the sides of the mountain. And uh, it started raining ashes down on everything. And then we just started running around with our water packs, putting it out because we knew that if it started burning the lower bottom of the field and got into all of that stuff, that all of our houses would be gone. Um, so there were like three of us with water packs and like we had other friends running around in, in vehicles, like telling us where, where the spot fires were and like where we needed to go to put them out. Um, 
the fire department was originally there. Like they, they did, they did try and put some stuff out and then they deemed the fire out of control and left us. Um, and, uh, went, I don't can't remember how many kilometers down the road, the field was four or five kilometers or something like that down the road and left us, um, our actual pump in our house, our water pump that like supplies our water to our house failed right when the fire was like blowing through our backyard and chewing it through. Um, and that's when like, there was a guy that came up that was like, you guys got to go. And I looked at my husband and I was like, we got to go. And we all got into our vehicles and we drove down the road and we had a mini meltdown and we thought for sure our house was gone because our sprinklers had failed. And my husband was sitting there and we were like, literally like, he just, he was like, there's gotta be something that we can do. So him and my two neighbors went back and the fire had already eaten past it and our house was still standing. And I sat down the road with, um, one of the other locals. I sat there for a little bit, just like I couldn't go back. I sat down there for a little while and, uh, we sat there for a bit and then he was like, okay, well, we better go check on them. So we got into the truck and we went down and checked on my husband at her house and, and the fire had blown by and like miraculously left like this ring of green trees right around it didn't eat it all it missed my neighbor's house went up the sides of the mountain and continued on like the head of the fire and um so we they continued to try and figure out how to um uh hook the pump up and so we ran around with like smaller pumps or whatever and put like a small sprinkler on the roof and like just anything to get water up there and then for the next i don't even know how many hours we ran around um no uh they did that and then I went back down the road and sat down on the road again because I had just had too much. When there's um, there's a local company out there, I don't want to mention their name, um, but uh, they pulled up beside me. There was two guys in a truck and they were like, what are you guys doing? And I explained to them what was happening. And they're like, well, the fire department's sitting down the road in the field. And I was like, you ought to be kidding me. I was like, I'm going to get them. And I went down there and I pulled up and I was like, Hey guys, what are you doing? And they're like, Oh, we're just like sitting around. And I was like, do you guys want to get in your trucks and come and help us? Like there's spot fires everywhere. It's blown through. Like the, the head of the fire is gone. It's blown through and there's spot fires like everywhere. You guys can come and help us. You have trucks, everything come and help. And this woman was standing there and she's like, well, we're just handing over command and we need to check with dispatch. And I was like, one of the guys walked up to me and he was like, uh, we don't want to be sitting here. And I was like, then get in your trucks and come and help us. And so I didn't really, I don't remember if I got like a definitive answer, whether they were going to come or not, but they said that they were going to decide and come. And I think, and then I got in my truck, drove back to my house, told my husband and my, and my neighbors that the, that they were coming and I waited, nobody came. I don't know how much time went by, maybe 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, maybe half an hour. And I got back in my vehicle. I drove back toward the field. I found them sitting a kilometer down the road and they were assessing the situation from there. And I asked them, how could they assess the situation if they weren't looking at it? And I was like, you guys need to come. And I got in my truck and they finally started following me. And I just started, um, are you still there? I certainly am. Okay. Um, they, they finally started uh, following me and um, I just started pointing like because I, I, as I was driving out, I was looking at like all the spot fires in the bushes and I was like here, 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 here and here. And they just started helping. Um, so like they, they were there and they did help and they patrolled the road. And then um, 
I can't remember how much time went by about, it was about six o'clock in the morning. My husband and I had run around like all day, like a, like a full 12, over 12 hours or something like that. We decided that we needed to get a little bit of sleep because the structural protection guys showed up. Um, structural protection came in and set up like bladders and connected to our, um, houses, their systems with their pumps. And they said that they were going to come around every half an hour and like just run sprinklers and, um, run sprinklers and like fill up bladders and stuff so that the houses didn't burn down. And, uh, I said, I told them that we were going to get a little bit of sleep since they were there and they were going to be patrolling and I put a note on my door that said, if you guys are leaving, please notify us. And then at 10 o'clock we woke up and the winds had picked up and everybody was gone. So where does it sit right now, Steph? The fire? Yeah. Uh, it poured rain last night. It poured and poured from, I don't know what time, uh, like 10 o'clock to 4 a.m. for sure. I'm not sure when it started, but when we drove out today, because I'm currently not there, uh, we decided to leave. Um, there, it looked like, for the most part, I don't know about up in the hills, uh, but the most part along the road in through like Engelmont Solista, Magna Bay and all of that stuff, that the fire was out. I don't know about in the hills though. Like this thing can travel for a long time under underground. So, um, as it sits here today, right now, as we talk, um, you'd mentioned to me that, uh, you've started a GoFundMe page, not for yourself, but for, um, other people who weren't as fortunate as you, maybe yeah. you could talk just quickly about that. So I want to say that my husband and I do not need any money. This is not for me. But I did see an opportunity for to help people because there are people out there who have lost every single thing that they own. Um, and it's going to be likely years and years before it's even rebuilt out there. Years for insurance. There are like no home building companies out there. There's only a few. And um, I don't know how many homes need to be rebuilt. So I saw my story as a link um, from the people that want to help to get help to the people that need it. Um, like once again, it, this isn't for me. I don't want a single dime of it. And I really sat with this whole thing um, and debated on it. But I thought that if I could help, I would. So uh, the GoFundMe is called Shoe Schwab uh, Wildfire Relief. And our story is on there. Well, just like our my backstory is on there. Certainly. Um, and and for the listeners, uh, Steph, I'll put it. I'll put the GoFundMe in the show notes. That way, they can just click on it, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, if they, you know, as I'm, as my lovely listeners always do, they, they if they want to support, they can. And if they don't, that's yeah. totally fine too. But at least they can find it nice and easy. They can just click on a link, and away it goes. It takes you right there. Um, I, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to make sure people know? Uh, I sit here in Alberta. I was, I was, you know, like I, I was literally just in BC when uh, the fire came over the hills of West Kelowna into Kelowna and all the mayhem that ensued from there. Um, I was fortunate. I got out. I got to back to Alberta and sitting over here, you know, everyone's going, "What's going on in BC?" Um, and I appreciate you giving me a little bit of time today. Is there anything else you want to make sure that uh, 
you know, a province over, we know, um, about, uh, the wildfires or, or anything, you know, as far as helping out with the different people and different communities. Oh, I don't even know. I just, I, I've been just so overwhelmed. I didn't know that my story was gonna like reach so far and wide. I've gotten like calls from Norway and text messages from Germany. And like, as we talk right now, my phone just like, won't stop ringing. And, um, so like, I really just wanted people to know, like, we really appreciate the support and the calls and the texts and everything that everybody is saying and, and how they got the word out. And I don't know, like my, maybe just prepare. Like if you guys live in a wooded area, get some sprinklers, get together with your neighbors and figure out a plan because stuff like this can be like our, our, our valley is like prime example you can save stuff if you're prepared for it so and maybe don't let the uh, fire department do a backburn when uh, extreme winds are coming yeah that too that's that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> well steph I, I don't mean to take up too much more of your time i appreciate you uh um giving me some time and uh and answering my phone call you know <laughs> uh as uh you know uh the Lord works in mysterious ways, I guess. So I appreciate you uh, uh, giving me some time. Either way, we'll let you go and get back to it. And if you need anything, by all means, reach out. And uh, we'll post this and we'll get it up and we'll get your GoFundMe uh, posted so that people can uh, help if they're so inclined. Yeah, that sounds great.